just to let you know, in this upcoming podcast, you're going to hear a little licking, and it is not Jim or Tracy. It is a four-legged friend who is licking and smacking his chops, and we just want you to know that it wasn't us. And we recognize, too, that in this podcast episode, you're going to hear, sadly, it sounds like we are in Baghdad or another war zone, and that is not true either. We just happened to be near an Air Force base, and they did a low flyby that actually popped up onto our call. So we apologize to Dr. Lyon for the distraction. We're not under siege, and this is uh, is this is all legitimate and appropriate. Jim, I love connecting with you, and. You always bring such interesting new guests. Who who are we going to talk to today on the podcast? <laughs> well, um, we are going to talk to uh, Dr. Amy Lyon. And uh, I've always been interested in the topic of grit. Uh-huh. You know, Angela Duckworth gave right. her famous TED Talk. I think a lot of people have seen that. And now Angela Duckworth has this uh, new podcast that I really like called There Are No Stupid Questions. Oh, that's a good one for me, too. But anyway, so um, grit, I think, is kind of an interesting topic because um, I've always been a fan and I tried to build grit in the schools where I've been. And then recently I've heard about some criticism related to grit. Yeah. And, you know, that maybe yeah. um, it uh, takes for granted some of the resilience that our kids already come with in especially areas of high poverty. Or yeah. trauma, yeah, right. So anyway, I just would like to know from her. But Amy Lyon, I, I ran into her because she's a a big grit, yeah, proponent and does a lot of uh, a writing about grit. So okay, so Dr. Amy Lyon is going to share with us insights about grit, about grit, some little things that we can do to build grit um, in our schools. Okay, let's give her a call. It's So should we try yourself? Let's try yourself. Okay. Give me the number. Oh, you can't do the number. Let me pause the tape. Oh. Hi, is this Dr. Lyon? It is. Hi, this is Jim Martin, and I'm here with my colleague Tracy Vandeventer with Little Things First. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Lyon. Oh, thank you for having me. And nice to sort of meet you both. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. We're really excited to talk to you. We just did a, a little intro before calling you because um, just to kind of set things up. And I uh, talked a little bit about your interest in grit and how we were going to talk to you about that today. But before we get there, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, education background? other things that are interesting about you, whatever you'd like to share. Okay, sure. So um, I, the, I think the great irony of all of this is that I was not a great student to begin <laughs> with. And so um, I just wasn't really interested in education. And here I am a lifelong educator. So that's just sort of funny that yeah. it 
turned out that way. But anyway, I ended up sort of by accident going to um, a very small women's college in New Hampshire, Colby Sawyer College. And, and it was probably one of the best things that happened to me only because being that it was the same sex school, um, I wasn't sort of distracted by mm-hmm. other things. And um, that's where I became a student. And that is totally where I threw my heart and soul into education. Um, wanted to become a teacher. Ended up with a degree from there and my certification. Plunked myself locally. I knew I, as, a, as, as a young child, I grew up in New Jersey, but I always knew that I had, the, uh, New England had a pull for me. So staying here was made sense. Um, and I spent 33 years uh, in public school education, mostly anywhere from second through sixth, mostly fourth and fifth, teaching those grade levels. Um, many people had their eye on me to become an administrator. And I think they saw some leadership skills in there, but I wanted nothing to do with becoming <laughs> a principal, um, an educator. So I adjuncted back at my alma mater at Colby Sawyer and loved it and thought, oh, this is what I need to do. So I had since gotten my um, earned my master's degree at Dartmouth. And the reason I picked that school was number one, it was right up the road. Um, but also because they had the MALS program, which is Masters of Arts and Liberal Studies. Mm. And it was basically all about integration. And mm. I didn't want another certificate to be, you know, an administrative certificate or become a special ed person or anything like that. I just wanted to become a better teacher. So that was a nice fit. And my research there was really all about who teachers are as people. Because there's a lot about content and how you deliver it, methodology, assessment, all those kinds of things. But I was fascinated by what makes a great person um, who becomes a teacher. Yeah. And so that's what, I, that's what I studied there in research. And that was, that was awesome. So then when I decided to become um, a professor, I had to get my doctorate. And so I went the other direction, New England College, and that's where I landed in the world of grit and Angela Duckworth and all of that. And that's where my my research began there. So since I have, I graduated from there in 2014 and a couple of years later, landed back on my feet again as a professor, full circle at Colby Sawyer College. Oh, wow. That's, that's a neat story. Yeah. Yeah, that is neat. Yep. So, so, so many schools have been really just embracing this grit, but l- lately people are kind of challenging that um, yeah. concept. So, so tell us where you feel grit fits and what some of the challenges might be. Um, what are the good things maybe we need to really focus on? Give us more on that end of things. Yeah. Um, I think first, I am a, I don't even know how to say this really, other than I really want to stick to Angela's definition of grit. And I think maybe that's where some of the rub comes from as far as, is this something that we should be really focusing on? Or was it the latest bandwagon to jump on or not or whatever? But Angela's definition is that it's passion and perseverance for long-term goals. And so basically it has nothing to do with how intelligent you are in terms of getting towards whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And the success really depends on how hard you work. And so I think if you look at it from that way, there's a lot of good in that. Um, And there's a lot of benefit to maybe 
providing some direct instruction in, in around, you know, based around that. Um, I think that people get it confused with um, a lot of teachers will want their students, for instance, to be, they'll say they want them to be grittier when really what they want is for them to have a better work ethic, which is sort of part of grit, but not necessarily the end all be all. Um, and so that's where I think if we just keep coming back to what grit really is about, then we can see some benefits in it. So um, what, what and, is and the difference between grit and work ethic? Okay. So if you think about it, um, the, so let's go back to Angela's definition again, and that's passion and perseverance, right? For long-term goals. So in her book, I highly recommend reading it. It's a great, great read. Um, but she has a couple chapters on passion, the passion part, um, which is basically what you're interested in, but then also how do you do greater good? How do you turn that around into having a purpose? So there's that part of it. The second part of grit is the perseverance part. This to me is the easier part. And this is the part that we teachers tend to focus on. And so the perseverance part um, has to do with resilience and self-control and having a growth mindset and being optimistic. And so I think a lot of times, you know, being courageous, vulnerable, there's so much that goes into it. But I mm -hmm. think a lot of times we just use, we throw around the term grit and really what we mean is something else. Mm. Yeah. I, I do think that there is a, there's been kind of this generalization, this watering down of the idea of grit. And yep. what I have sensed in working with um, building leaders is kind of this generic term of grit, meaning you're just not working hard enough. Right? right. You're giving up too quickly. And right. And I think it is bigger than that. And um, it would be good for us to, to help people recognize what are some of the key elements that need to be part of that, um, you know, that grit in a school setting. Right. It, that and, and I think you're exactly right, Tracy. And, and so and it is it's just try harder. Right. Be grittier. Be right. tougher. Um, don't give up. Like that's, that's the mantra that you hear and there. It's just much more complicated and layered than that, I think. So for instance, when I was um, conducting my research for my doctorate, what I decided to do was create a year long grit curriculum for fifth graders. And by the way, that's a great sweet spot to start instruction because um, they do have the metacognition piece. You know, they can think about their own thinking yeah. um, without necessarily the, all the, the bath of chemicals that come with adolescence inter interfering. So that was a great spot. That was a great place to work with students on this. So in any case, what I, I'll, I'll tell you what I didn't want was my curriculum to be, okay, this month is about perseverance and next month is about resilience. And then, yeah. you know, like, sort of like the poster on the wall. Character right? education by month. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I did that. That's what, I, that's what we do. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we, I, you know, I can take critique. It's all right. <laughs> that's why we're here. We're all here to learn. <laughs> Well, and it's easy to do that. And you put the poster on the wall and you point to it and you're like, well, why aren't you getting that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, I, it's, it's, it's more complicated than that. So what sure. I had to do a bunch of research 
And I love, do I have it here? I do. Um, I, so Angela Duckworth worked under the father of positive psychology, Martin Seligman, another one who's just amazing to, to research and learn about. And he wrote this huge tomb with Chris Peterson, who has since passed away, but it's called Character, Strengths, and Virtues. Probably the most expensive book that I actually bought, but it's <laughs> the best money ever. I had to, I, I like, I like you know, real copies of books. Yeah. And it is marked up and post-it noted and all of that. But basically what it does is it takes you through all these virtues rather in, in, instead of what's all wrong with people, you know, depression and, you know, whatever, PTSD and, and whatever. It takes you through all these virtues. And so I had to hone down which virtues I thought went into grit or were, were components of grit. And then how was I going to teach them? And so what I did was it was 10 lessons, monthly lessons. And I went from optimism. There were four lessons on optimism so that it wasn't just to put like a poster on the wall and this is what optimism is. Right. And then you point to it and go, come on now. Um, okay. So there were four sequential lessons on optimism that I stole stuff right from Martin Seligman in, in one of his books and then that leads to, and by the way, optimism is about, it's not seeing the glass half full and everything's rosy and she's so happy all the time. It's about having agency to get through hard things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's about seeing your, your, it's, it's, it's not about being a victim. It's about, it's the opposite of that. Yeah. It's about seeing what you can do in order to solve problems, right. to move your path forward. Okay. So four lessons on that. And so that we spent four months on that. And then we did three lessons on self-control. So the more optimistic you are, the more that you can see that you have some agency and some, you know, uh, regulation in, in order to practice things and, and look at things differently and find, try other things, the more self-control you have. Um, and so we did three lessons on that. And then this is an easy leap. And then the last three lessons were on perseverance. So the more, the more self-control you have and the more self-regulation, then the more likely you are to have persistence or persevere. So that's what I did. So notice that resilience isn't in that. Yeah. I just didn't have the room for it. Um, but yet it is a big part of grit. It's just that that's the way I chose to teach it to, the, to fifth graders. Yeah, so I mean, people who might be interested in that curriculum, how would they access it? Is it available somewhere? Uh, I do. I, I I didn't put it out there for the masses. Onto other things, and obviously, we have a pandemic and yeah, <laughs> happening, and there are so many other things to think about. Um, <clears throat> and so it's sort of you know like other big ideas in education is sort of on, it seems, it feels like it's sort of on the downslope. Um, I didn't want it out there because I was getting inundated with emails and I, it was just, it was too much to sort of for me alone to go through and help people with and all of that. However, if they, um, uh, if they email me, I can certainly share and, and, um, maybe give a little bit of support or whatever the, the lessons work for some people and for some people they don't, um, you know, hmm, and, and not only that, you know what else? They're a little bit dated. 
I got to say, you know, the, 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 the resources that I provided in terms of, you know, um, this little YouTube video can go along with this or that, or that activity. Some is great and it will be fine for years to come and others it's, you know, so. So I, I recently, and we mentioned this in the intro, um, the Angela Duckworth has a podcast called No Stupid Questions um, that she does with another gentleman. I can't remember his name right now. But um, anyway, they just recently did an episode on optimism. So I thought it was yep. really interesting that you talked about that. And um, they were talking about, you know, is optimism a privileged thing? You know, is grit something that's privileged to kind of say, well, you just, you know, you have to persevere, kind of that, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps sort of mentality that maybe doesn't work for everybody because they don't necessarily, not everybody's starting from the same place, right? right. So right. How, do, how do you navigate that in terms of, you know, that optimism and grit, those might be privileged in some ways. Oh yeah, no, and 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 I, uh, I totally, I would agree with that, but I, that doesn't devalue it for me. Um, so I do. I have. I and it's a complicated question, and I do not have all the answers for this by any means. Um, and just to give you backstory too, when I grew up in New Jersey, it was a predominantly white neighborhood, you know, and and then I went to my alma mater, which was mostly young white women. So I come from that place and it hasn't been until the last few years with the whole Black Lives Matter movement that I've really gone, huh, and, and started teaching students who are going to be teachers about where students are and where they come from and the little faces who they're going to come into contact with, mm -hmm. right, with all kinds of different backgrounds. Yeah. So it... You know, so once again, know, know that that's where I come from. So I may misspeak and I may say things that, that um, you know, other people go, are you kidding me? Um, but what I've also come to study in the last few years is trauma-informed learning. Like all, all that business around Paul Tuff's book um, about ACE scores and where, you know, now we're tapping into some poverty things and, and students with higher ACE scores, how do you even, how, how do you even manage that in a classroom? What do you even do? So trauma-informed teaching has also been a, a part of what I'm teaching my students. And I think that maybe if you tie that in with character ed, grit isn't the end-all be-all. Optimism isn't the end-all be-all. It's just a matter of how do we um, how do we foster a lot of these virtues in our students while supporting them from wherever they come? I guess it's that. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, grit isn't the end all be all. Some of these kids are just trying to survive. And right. so that's where you begin. That's where you begin. Not by going, okay, listen, here's lesson one, you know. You, you know, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm just going back to my own um, experience and practice. And I remember moving, mo most of my career has been at the elementary level, but I did move to a high school and a, and a junior high. Didn't spend as much time in that setting. But, but one thing that really struck me was the, um, just the, the shift in students 
in that optimism, having agency, right, self-control, perseverance, that Mm -hmm. as you watch different ages of students, what struck me so uh, hard was, and, and of course, I was at one point I was like an assistant principal. So I ended up working with a lot of kids that were not necessarily on the cheerleading squad. Right. Right. But, uh, I, I still was so disappointed, um, to see that they kind of were just like, I'm, I'm over it. You know, by the time they got to that level, both at the junior high level where I was a principal or at the high school level where I worked in the assistant position. But in both cases, I sensed sort of this loss of spark of life. And mm-hmm. and I I can't help but realize to some extent our work as educators has had a big impact on that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm curious if you've looked at that at all either by just even different ages, different, you know, grade levels or different kinds of settings and how that shift has taken place. Yeah. You know, Tracy, I would almost, what I would like to do is look at the shift from when I first started teaching over three decades ago Mm -hmm. up until. And so I think that there's, there's been a lot of reasons for why students have, have basically on the way you were just describing and one one shift I think has been in liability I mean when I was growing up in New Jersey I was allowed to go out until after dark and it didn't matter and I didn't I wasn't you know chipped or mm-hmm. had a phone or you know like I figured stuff out mm-hmm. and, and I had the freedom to be able to do that and solve problems on my own and get into trouble and not have it be recorded for all of time you know so the technology piece there's that, um, you know, there's this feeling that the world is a much more dangerous place when really, if you look at the data, it's not. Um, there's the shift, there was the shift that sort of took place in, in protecting kids' self-esteem. God forbid we tell them or give them productive feedback or yeah. not get a trophy or, yeah. you know, they're disappointed or we, you know, we've coddled and that. And so I think that has something to do with it. Um you know, the, the helicopter slash snowplow parents who have, and teachers who have, God forbid, students struggle, you know, and we just make everything smooth and easy for them. We're dealing with that right now. I'm on the academic review board for my, for my college. And Uh there was one, one student who is, who's coming back, but in his narrative, he wrote about how, you know, he just had always received help through high school. And that didn't, he's like, now I'm looking back. I never wrote a paper from, you know, from A to Z without support. Uh He said, I never once did it by myself. And that didn't do me any good. And here I am, you know, basically getting, looking, facing, getting kicked out of college. Yeah. And and so there's that piece of it, I I think. So I, I look at the shifts that have taken multiple for many reasons over the last three or so decades that sort of put us in this predicament. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And going back just to something you said earlier too, about the idea of passion and perseverance. When I think about that high school experience, which I think was doing some amazing work in a very, you know, impacted school, but I didn't see opportunities as much as I wish 
for that development of passion or development right. of you know right. excitement for self-directed learning you know it, right. it was so much about checking off the box because we got to make sure you graduate and this is what you got to have right. and, and, get, right. and if, you got to be in there so many days you got to have these assignments done and here's the points you need and right. um it's covering the content and it yeah. and it's breadth not depth and and that's sad and and if there's anything that comes out of this pandemic and remote learning i'm hoping that we really take a good look at those kinds of ideas and what what teaching really really should be what how should students spend their days but the it's interesting because um the passion part i've i've had actual conversations with angela about this and the perseverance piece is pretty easy you can you can give strategies and you can foster those kinds of ideas um, for, you know, having a more growth, having a, a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset or being more optimistic rather than pessimistic. Right. So there's that's a there's a lot of great teaching that can go into that. The passion piece is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And we had a big discussion, the two of us, about can can that be taught? We don't know. We don't know. And so we were just basically talking about our intuitions. And, and I was mm -hmm. saying, you know, kids' lives these days are so prescribed. Yeah. They go, they have great opportunities. Some, I'm, you know, I'm making, I'm being very general, but it's like, fill their time, fill their time, fill mm -hmm. their time, you know, off to soccer, violin twice a week. You got to learn how to swim. There are those swimming lessons coming up next month, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And they're just racing, racing, racing. And, and God forbid they get into trouble. Right. But, or, but I, I venture that maybe we should get, allow them some freedom to, and give them opportunities to figure out what, <laughs> what direction they could go. Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting. And they, they still don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Many of them. I, I was just going to say, well, exactly what you're saying. I'm curious, even if we just looked at how many graduating seniors compared to however we could compare, know what they want to be when they grow up, so to speak. Right? Do they have enough passion for something? Because I know I have an 18 year old at home that's a senior and still is like, well, I don't really know what I want to do right. when I grow up. Right. And, uh, I don't, she had more passion when she was younger and it, it just hasn't maybe stayed at that same level and that same focus. So that right. it's a, it's a great question. Right. And you not, might not be able to teach that in school, but you should be able to foster it. You should be able to create the conditions for in school, right. right for passion right. to flourish. And I think that's right. what's missing in a lot of our educational settings is that right. we just don't ignite the passion in mm -hmm. right. kids right. to to persevere or to you know really dig deep into their own interests. I was right because perseverance part is easy if you're if you're motivated. If you mm -hmm. like to it, yeah. Stick with it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it reminds me of a guest we had earlier, um, and this principal had created three different blocks of time in the year where the students. It was sort of like like a free learning day. And so it reminds yeah. me of Google where, you know, they get like a certain percentage of their time to work on projects that they believe in or that they have passion right. about. And in this right. case, the principal had like the first day was the kids could sign up for topics taught by the teachers and they could go to any of them that, and they were not academic related necessarily. Right? right. So it could be chess or art or, um, you know, four square, whatever. And, sure. um, and then the second day was 
that they had community members come in and do some sharing. And again, the kids could sign up for any of them. And the third one in the year, which was in the spring, the kids themselves taught what they were passionate about to another kid. And it could be any age of kid. So like he talked about how, um, and this was at the elementary level, but he talked about how, you know, there was like a first grader talking about how to have a really good tea party to a third grader. Mm. And right. um, and there was a lot of excitement and they had a lot of fun and they talked about it and um, it gave them a chance to really talk and develop skills for presenting and sharing. And boy, I just, it, as you're talking, it made me think, wow, that could be a little thing that would allow kids to to just sort of dig a little deeper about what is it that I want? Because they have to select the topic they wanted. And then in the end, of course, they had to present on their own passion, their own topic. It had to matter. It had to matter. Right. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Lyon, tell us some little things that we can do in schools to build grit. Okay. So, God, I could go on and on all day about this, but I, I, I did some thinking about this, and I think probably the the first thing to do is to think about who you are as an educator in your classroom. Who, who do you present as, right? And model for your students how you make mistakes, how you deal with them, how it's not the end of the world. Um, talk through some of these. Um, give yourself permission to share some stories. Give yourself permission to, um, to always, always get to know your students what, what they, what interests them, um, where they are in the world, where they come from, that's getting back to the backgrounds part, right? So I think, I think we do, and Tracy, you were talking about covering the content, right? Right, right from the get-go, it's like, you got to check the box, check mm -hmm. the box. I need to get this place in the curriculum by this date. Mm -hmm. And I say, no, get, let yourself time, especially at the beginning of your build up relationships, see where everybody's from. See what interests them. Really, really dig deeply and get to know your students. Um, model for them. Reframe the idea of failure. Um, and then, and I would also say, do a little investigation into Carol Dweck because, man, she's she's done what she's got like forty five years worth of research on growth mindset and everything. Right. But her big thing is about praise. That's an easy, small thing that you can practice. Mm -hmm. I'm not great at it. But I hear it. I'm more aware of it now, um, with even with my undergrads. But that when we're praising students for how smart and intelligent they are, it really feeds the notion of fixed mindset, right? And so they're less willing to try or to stick with something if they need to because they think that it's um, basically a, a sign that they're dumb. Yeah. And yeah. so if you're praising their effort or their persistence, or their problem-solving strategies, or whatever, how they got there, that just automatically fosters a growth mindset. So I would say that's a little thing to begin with, is yeah. how, and listen, listen to your to your own words, and how you're, it's so, it's so easy to do, good job, you're so smart at that. Mm -hmm. And it sounds great, and you think you're doing the right thing, you right, know, we right. teachers never set out to do harm, right. we think right. we're doing it, but actually, be more aware of that. So that's a little thing that I think that we should, we should all just be more aware of. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah. So we, we always end our podcast with a final question that we'd love to ask you. And it's the idea if you could move uh, into a time machine and travel back in time to your younger self, 
What advice would you give your younger self? Yeah, you know what? I think <laughs> you're going to understand this because all I've done is talk, 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 and that's what this is about. But I wished I had been a better listener hmm. growing up, and I'm working on that now. I think I jumped to conclusions too quickly. In my, You know, I've got a fast-thinking mind, and so I just jump quickly rather than listening, and I make decisions about people and maybe their motivation or, you know, why they're doing something when really if I just sat and listened, I would have a whole different perspective. And so I think I, I think that that's the lesson that I would like to go back and tell myself is just be to slow down for a minute mm -hmm. and, and listen to people. Don't just do all the talking, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, good More advice. Yeah. And as you talk about, you know, who do you present as, you know, as educators, right? That we're always trying to be that authentic self. And you spoke about listening and praise and, right. you know, a crucial, a crucial characteristic, I think, just in that humanity that we experience in education. Yeah, being sure. able to bring your whole self to work. We've done some episodes on, you know, psychological safety, and that's a big key to it. And, you know, giving teachers permission to, to share their own passions with their students. Oh, that's really without. interesting. Yeah. And that automatically sets up a safe place for students to, you know, start exploring. Do the same, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, we so appreciate you spending just a little bit of time today uh, with us, helping us uh, put together another episode of our podcast. And we are grateful for the information that you shared, uh, Dr. Lyons. So thank you again for taking time and um, and just connecting with us because I think this is on people's minds. I think it's even more present because of so many places that are in that distance learning and, and it's becoming apparent that you can't just check off the box anymore, right? We've got to engage kids. We've got to, we've got to pull them in and find that passion that helps, of course, really drive that learning. Yeah, and if it's okay with you, we'll link to your email from our show notes. So if people wanted to reach out and ask about your, your lessons, your curriculum, they sure. could. Yes, and thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. All right, thank you. Very good. We'll have a great Best rest of, of your luck. day. You as well. Take, Take care. Bye-bye.